Asia Pacific currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This beautiful Saturday, the third of June, it's two minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio Three CR. I'm Giselle Hannah, and I'm Pierre Morrow. That's right, it's a beautiful cloudy day, and of course,、uh, <laughs> it's brought to you every week Asia Pacific Currents by Australia Asia Worker Links. And before we get to how you contact us, Giselle, or even but before we get to how we contact us, yes, yes, and before even what's the the interview that's Going to be coming up. There's a big announcement, of course. It's big announcement.、Th- I am on the edge of my seat, listener. I don't even know what this big announcement is. Some people always want to have the first <laughs> and last words, but what can I do?、Um, we're an equal opportunity radio here. <laughs> It is three CR radiothon coming up. It's starting Monday. There you go. We need、uh, huge amounts of money. Well over two hundred thousand dollars. Our show needs to.、Um, our listeners need to show their love to us. Worth fifteen hundred. That's how we quantify love, by the way, listeners, in <laughs> dollars and cents, not cents. And listeners, we do know it is going to be hard for you to show your love for us because, quite frankly, we're not sure that we've earned it. But what we can tell you is that the politics and the perspective that we broadcast every Saturday morning is certainly worth keeping on air, and similar politics and perspectives right across a radio station. I don't know about you, Giselle. I think I've, Dave, I've squeezed <laughs>、oh, myself enough. Dave, I've earned their love, my. <laughs> Golly gosh! I'll, I was going to say something else, but that came out anyway. What's on the show, and and how do you contact us, Giselle? Well,、um, okay. So, firstly, as you probably know, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. If you do want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. Um, we, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. So look us up on those social media platforms, and we consistently post stories and news and updates on what's happening across the Asia Pacific region on those、uh, on those platforms. If you want to email us, you can do that.、Uh, write to aawl at aawl dot org dot au, and of course you can ring us on nine double six three seven two double seven. But in terms of what is coming up on the show today, actually, many listeners might be aware、um, of the unfortunate development in the Philippines, where on、uh, around the twenty sixth of May, so、um, about Wednesday, earlier this week.、Uh, she, uh, no, it's month, actually you're a week. I'm a week. First of May is like twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Yeah. Yeah.、Um, so. Uh, I, I think around Monday,、um, uh, President Duterte declared martial law in the、um, in Mindanao. He is there is of course the looming threat that martial law will be declared across the Philippines.、Um, so a lot of our comrades are actually sitting by the edge of their seat, well, fighting back also,、um, because certainly there is、uh, nobody wants to go back to、um, the Marcos period. So that so we'll be speaking with、um, Comrade Berlin、um, Guero in the second part of the program, and he's from the Philippine Caucus for Peace. 
Okie doke, we'll go straight to the um, the news items for the, the week and I think you've got the first one there, Giselle. I do indeed and we start in Yemen. The brutal war that's been waged by both the internal ruling elites and aided by external imperialist powers is continuing to have a devastating effect on working class communities in Yemen. Millions of people are now at risk of starvation while, cholera, while a cholera epidemic has killed hundreds due to the breakdown in the water and sewerage systems in that country. Even amid this devastation, there's con- uh, there is continuing of the social struggles with a reformed Southern Alliance contesting the ongoing war and the involvement of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. That's really been a, a, a conflict that's sort of fallen off the, the, the edges of the world media, unfortunately, but uh, it's still um, a terrible situation there. We go now to Iran, where we've been. Um, now we've talked about uh, Ismail Abdi a number of times. He's a teacher who's been uh, in jail for a number of years now because of uh, his uh, work with the teachers' union in Iran. He has now been on hunger strike since uh, April 30. So that makes it 33 days, I think, or 34 days. There is now uh, there is an international campaign in support of uh, Ismail Abdi. And for his uh, freedom, and um, though the and this is done both by labor activists within Iran and also by the um, education international. But of course, within Iran, it's very difficult to support these comrades because trade union repression is heavily trade union activity is heavily repressed. There has been already a petition of over fifteen, a petition of fifteen thousand signatures by uh, teachers and other educational um, workers that has been delivered to the president of Iran but obviously um, that hasn't had much effect and so the education international is calling for global action all around the world not just for um, Ismail uh, Abdi who um, once again I I think from memory he was given seven years for the crime of organising protests and organising workers but also for the fact that his campaign is part and parcel of the campaign of all unionists in Iran for the right to organise and to form independent trade unionists. And unfortunately, as regulars would know, many of them are in jail at the present moment. And now in Pakistan, one of the largest brands in Pakistan's apparel industry, Kadi, has found itself at the centre of a growing civil campaign against inhumane workplace conditions and workers' rights. Several protest demonstrations have been held in Karachi and Lahore over the last week by workers and activists alleging high-handedness and unfair labour practices by Kadi's management. The allegations against the company include the charge that its management terminated scores of workers who worked at its factories after officially promising that it wouldn't do so, and an accusation that its officials are responsible for driving a female worker to attempt suicide after she was allegedly penalised severely for taking an unscheduled lunch break. Um, We're going to put some photos up of these demonstrations because they're actually quite remarkable. So um, all our solidarity wishes, I guess, to the workers in the Cardi apparel industry. And, um, you know, when we read uh, those items, it's it's incredible that, um, you know, in in the local media, often a lot of these struggles never get to to be heard. And and it's really only because of us and other similar programs on 3CR Radio that you get to hear about these struggles and these actions by our comrades uh, internationally. And, you know, if you want to keep hearing... Nice, Pierre. I I see what you did there. That's right. You should donate to 3CR Radiothon and we'll keep the international solidarity 
happening for one more year, at least, at least. Now, the next item that I had was about Philippine and martial law, but you've really said most things to say, uh, Giselle, so I won't actually say much. I will only just um, make the reference that um, President Duterte has actually come out and said that he's, um, he's happy to do in Mindanao what is done um, in relation to the war on drugs that he's actually undertaking now. In other words, indiscriminate, widespread killings. And our final story for this morning comes from Australia. Hundreds of workers working in the onshore and offshore oil and gas sector in southeastern Australia are facing a major assault on their conditions via the use of subcontracting companies. Exxon Mobil Esso and its contractor UGL have set up a subcontracting company that will now employ the workers. This company has an enterprise agreement that cuts workers' wages by 30%, as well as taking control of the shift rostering away from workers. So that dispute is continuing and we'll bring you updates as we get them. And, you know, and that, um, that little um, trick of, of using comp- shelf company, you know, um, I work in the community sector and now it's actually coming in the community sector as well. And I think the union movement, um, because it's all legal, it's totally legal manoeuvre. It's, it's just a question of, of how underhanded the managers and uh, bastards they want to be. It's a question of then what does the union movement do because it is actually a completely legal thing and, it's, and the fight needs to be done at a political level. Absolutely. It is 11 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. We're going to go to some community announcements and then we'll be back with Comrade Berlin Guerra from the Philippine Caucus for Peace. We will not negotiate with minor state of title government or anyone on, on our culture, on, on our land. You know, if people say, oh, you're going to finish up with nothing, well then so be it. But at least our hearts will tell us that we did not sell out our country and our culture and heritage for a few scanji dollars. Subscribe to 3CR so that your dollars support Indigenous voices and the struggle for land justice. For Aboriginal people, the greatest grief of all is seeing the country destroyed. And somewhere along the line, we have to realise that we don't actually have the right to do that that nothing we've ever done has given us the right to do that. Now, you know where I stand on this, because I'm so simple-minded. I think we've just got to admit that this is an Aboriginal country. Just do it. annual Radiothon is almost here and in 2017 3CR is Radio for Change. From June the 5th to the 18th we're asking you to help us stay on air by making a generous donation. Any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible. To donate call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au 3CR Radio for Change.
Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to... Fill in the dots, you know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, fill in the... 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. 14 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents with Giselle and Pierre. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte placed Mindanao under martial law on the eve of uh, the 23rd of May. He was cutting short his state visit in Russia. He cut his trip uh, and flew back to the Philippines, foreboding his plan to put the whole country under military rule. His action was brought about by the alleged attacks of the kidnap for ransom armed group Abu Sayyaf and the Banda Morte group in Marawi City. Both groups have allegedly pledged alliance or allegiance to the Islamic State. But even before this declaration, the armed forces of the Philippines was already conducting massive military operations against the said groups. To discuss the issue of martial law in the Philippines, we're joined now by Berlin Guerrero from the Philippine Caucus for Peace. Welcome, Berlin, to the show this morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. Thank you for the invitation to be part of this uh, morning show. Some very troubling developments in the Philippines and, of course, many of you, uh, the comrades, remember um, the period under Marcos and were a part of that fight against Marcos. I I guess the the first, and and it's clear that this was not a surprise, it looks like the AFP, the um, Armed Forces of the Philippines, had been gearing up for this for a while and we know that Dutetra's Extra the the six to eight thousand people that were extra ju- judicially killed on the streets all kind of indicated that um, the tables were turning soon in the Philippines. So I guess the first question to you is, you know, was it a surprise that this had come? And if not, what is what are the plans for resisting martial law at the moment? Well, I think it is. It comes as as no surprise uh, because. Um, even before this declaration, uh, Duterte has been mounting, uh, mounting some kind of a threat that he, he is he would uh, put the the whole Philippines under martial law uh, just to so-called address the problem of uh, of drugs. Uh, but now he, he comes with a uh, a reason, and that is the so-called invasion in the southern part of the Philippines by a group called Maute. And uh, Abu Sayyaf, uh, who, who these are small groups of armed, uh, we can call mercenaries, or uh, they are not rebels, they are not militants, they are kidnapped for ransom groups, and uh, it's not an invasion, and, and that's why we say there's no basis for declaring uh, for declaring martial law. Uh, it's not even a rebellion because. 
this is just a group of bandits uh, trying to uh, destabilize or trying to to send a kind of message uh, to Rodrigo Duterte. And that kind of message is what we are trying to to uh, unravel right now. What is that message that uh, they are trying to send Duterte? That, I mean, that's a very interesting, um, what you just said, Berlin, because also, I mean, the southern Mindanao has had a number of, uh, again, you know, the, the language sometimes can be very difficult to actually say who they are. Are they, um, are they rebellion groups? Are they bandits? Are they militants? Because obviously some of them, uh, there have been a number of splits, but... Um, what one of the underlying um, factors is that a lot of the regions in Mindanao are very poor, and the state is um, quite quite missing there, which allows all kinds of lawlessness and authoritarian um, strongmen to to exist there. Yes, that's right. Yes, uh, what you said was actually the the bottom line or the. Uh, the bottom line why there are uh, groups that exist in, in Mindanao. But um, we can say that some are some groups are, in a way, legitimate because they are born out of the histor- historical struggle of the peoples in Mindanao, particularly that of the uh, Moro people and the uh, Lumad uh, communities there. Um, Going back to, well, I, I'm referring to the uh, MILF, or the Moro Islamic Liberation Front, and the Moro National Liberation Front, and also the uh, Bangsa Moro uh, Liberation uh, Group. Uh, these are groups that, um, that exist, and uh, they are waging a kind of... Uh, uh, struggle for autonomy and independence uh, in Mindanao, and uh, we consider that as a legitimate co- legitimate cause because uh, they try to address the historical uh, problems in Mindanao, mainly the grabbing of lands and ancestral domains by uh, corporations, by big landlords, uh, and politicians in Mindanao, including. Well, that also includes uh, foreign corporations who have been in Mindanao for uh, centuries uh, or a century. I'm referring to uh, um, American corporations there. Uh, but going back to the uh, Abu Sayyaf and Mauta group, this started um, uh, beginning with the um, with the war in in Afghanistan, where uh, the U.S. were fighting against uh, the Soviet-backed uh, government, and they trained um, uh, mercenaries to oust the uh, Russian-backed uh, 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 government, the Talib. And uh, part of those who were trained by the U.S., particularly by the CIA, uh, when they returned back to the Philippines, they were called the Abu Sayyaf. And what they did in the Philippines was a series of uh, kidnap for ransom um, and um, and bombings. Um, but mainly, uh, they are not sp- uh, spousing any kind of uh, 
political um, agenda, uh, but they cover themselves with that kind of um, um, an hour of being uh, freedom fighters or um, uh, aligned with the cost for the struggle for autonomy or independence in Mindanao. And that's why uh, people or perhaps, uh, I mean, Western media would often tell them as militants or so on, but the local populace would refer to them as bandits because what they do is actually um, is against the, the basic interest of uh, the people there. Now, these groups are small groups. Uh, Abu, Abu Sayyaf is found in the southernmost islands of uh, Suluholo, and this is just a, a, a very small uh, group of islands. Um, and the question is, if the AFP want to eliminate them, it's very easy because they can just deploy a huge uh, group of uh, soldiers in Suluholo and that ends uh, the Apu Well, the, over the, a long time, yes. The, this is my question to you because, I mean, what you're more or less describing is um, not so much the insignificance of the threat of these um, Muslim groups in Mindanao, but, but the relative size of them, I guess, compared to the arsenal of the Philippines military. So in that regard, yes. they, they aren't. Um, a threat. So, so this is a front for something else. This is, I, I mean, the it sounds like Dutetra is using this as an opportunity to do something he's wanted to do. And my, so, my question to you is, what is your analysis of that? Why, why do you think martial law at this time? What is the you know? H- how do you understand this particular move? The other thing is that the yeah. supposed terrorist attack that we saw. In Manila on Thursday, didn't um, I? I was expecting martial law to be de- declared across the country when I saw that, but that was quickly explained as just one individual crazy person. And to date, yes. we haven't seen the the uh, generalisation of martial. Law. So that also doesn't make sense in the analysis yes. of this. So I, I'm interested to know what you think. Yes, my my immediate uh, re- uh, reaction to that, what's happening in Manila, is that. Um, it's a good uh, way of diverting the attention of uh, the people from Marawi, uh, particularly the uh, result of uh, uh, the operations there, which resulted in the death of 11 soldiers because they were killed uh, because of uh, of what they call friendly friendly fire. And um, there there is a lot of... um, uh, people evacuating to say, safer areas, numbering the thousands, um, and the people are starting to to feel um, uh, angry about what's happening in in Marawi, and what happened in in in, in Manila. I think whether it's planned or not, whether it's just uh, an act of uh, a person. Uh, somehow the effect is that the the, the attention is diverted um, uh, in Manila rather than what's happening in Marawi. That's my initial uh, uh, reaction. But is this another uh, action to to justify or to widen the scope of martial law um, that has to be looked at? 
Now, um, the, the question, is martial law justified? We believe it's not, but um, there are many, many, uh, well, there are people interested in, in martial law. Number one are the generals or the military within the uh, administration of Duterte. And uh, uh, lately he was, he was uh, appointing former generals into his cabinet, um, the leaders of the AFP and the National Defense uh, Secretary are known to be human rights violators, and uh, they are also trained by the United States. The armed forces of the Philippines remains to be the, the most uh, dependable uh, institution uh, of the uh, of U.S. to uh, protect and preserve its interests in the Philippines. And it is using that. Um, there is another thing uh, about martial law, because uh, historically, when Marcos declared martial law, it was to quell the, the Maoist uh, re- rebellion, the armed uh, uprising, or uh, the armed the, uh, the, um, the revolutionary movement uh, during that time. And today, that... Uh, armed uh, uh, liberation uh, movement led by the NDF and the CPP and NPA has grown uh, all over the Philippines. And as Duterte is trying to um, have a peace negotiations with them by addressing the root causes of uh, the conflict, there are groups within the government of uh, Duterte that does not want any kind of uh, political settlement with the NDF because that would mean the end of uh, United States uh, neo-colonial rule in the Philippines. And so if you're going to look at all the the angles, um, they might be, or U.S., for example, could be making use of Maute and Abusayaf, which are their uh, are, are mercenaries, to create a situation that would justify a declaration of martial law. But later on, that martial law, even as it is being um, done to respond to Maote and uh, Abusayaf, it could be... Uh, widened it, it could widen its scope and ultimately uh, made use to um, uh, uh, to address uh, the other uh, armed liberation movements in the Philippines that <coughs> are uh, becoming very strong. Berlin, thank you so, so much for your time on the program. We're just about out of time. But, of course, we will be watching very, very keenly the developments in the Philippines and perhaps we'll get you on again in a couple of weeks to actually look at um, how the situation is unfolding and developing in the Philippines. Thank you so much, Berlin. Yes, thank you very much. That was Berlin Guerrero from the Philippine Caucus for Peace discussing the uh, declaration of martial law in the Philippines, well, in Mindanao um, on the 23rd of May. And of course, the looming threat of that being generalised across the entire Philippines. It's 29 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. It's just about time to conclude the program for this morning. 
That's right, Giselle. But you've got 15 seconds to actually mention about the f- upcoming film That's that we have. That's right. We're screening The Factory, which tells the story, the extraordinary uh, struggle of the Maruti Suzuki workers in um, in India. And that is coming up on Tuesday, the 13th of June at 6.30pm at, uh, at Long Play, 318 St George's Road. So please come along. That's right. And that's really the end of today's program. You've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. We'll be back next week with another program of, of fantastic news and updates from the Asia Pacific Currents. You won't be hearing me, though, next week. I'm just letting people know because I'll be doing a cheese workshop. What can I say? Over to you, Giselle. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, coming up next is Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.